0: Once you key in on the idea of stories being about survival information, you, you listen to every story differently, every single one. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to You Are a Storyteller. In this week's episode, Jesse and Brian discuss the importance of stories, survival information, and what's helping each of them get through this difficult time.
1: So I I was thinking about something. Um, we talk about it a lot. Uh, One thing you and I have talked about a lot is how until you know the value of something, you don't appreciate it. Yep. Um, My dad, you know my dad, obviously (laughs) you see him all the time, but uh, growing up, you know, he was a mechanic. Right. And so he always had these really crazy like tools in the garage and I'd open them up and just grab something, right. Mm -hmm. And just use it and then not put it in the right spot. My dad would always harp on me like hey, man, this is how I make my living. You know, you got to put my tools back. And I would be like, what are you, you, know, what are you worried about, right? Uh-huh. Um, and now I find myself doing that because I know the difference between all those tools and what they're for. Right. And why they're important. And when I was a kid, it was just like a way to open up a toy to get the batteries right. out or something, right? Yeah. Um, and it's come into really clear view with all of this pandemic stuff that uh, that's the same situation it feels like Stories was in, right? Where – because oh. people didn't understand the value, they didn't. They didn't because they didn't understand um like the value of of what it is. It was kind of taken for granted. Yeah. But now that you need it, people are starting to understand why they're so important, right? Like it's like one of those weird tools you you use for like all the IKEA furniture. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like the Allen yeah, wrench. Like yeah. what's this for? <laughs> and then when you need it, you're like, "Where's that at? I really need <laughs> that thing." Uh. And it's been really interesting ever since the pandemic has really started. Um, all these, all these kind of conversations and arguments that we used to have about why stories exist, the survival information stuff, has all kind of been uh, thrown out the window. Like people seem to get it now at a totally different level.
0: Yeah, they do. They understand it. They did. They they without knowing that it's. Um, what am I trying to say? it's so natural to Mm. seek stories when you need them that people don't even realize that they do it. Right. So my, my, one of my favorite examples is new parents, new parents find new parents Uh and they hang out and they talk about stuff and they share stories. Right. Because it's a way of using those other parents as clone characters. Right. And that child is a clone character. Oh no, they do that. They don't worry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. you know, Oh, that you might want to get checked out, right? Like Because yep. one yep. time, blah, blah, blah. Or, you yep. know, that's just this because another time, blah, blah, blah. Right. That yep. we just, we can't help it. We will seek out that information and it usually comes in the form of a story. If we need
1: to survive, that's what we'll do. We we talked about it before where it's kind of like story structure is like a sharp stick. Right? You, you yeah. try to hand it to somebody and they're like, sharp stick, I don't need this. And they're just <laughs> like, whatever. Uh, and then once they realize it's for catching fish, right? Yeah. Once they're hungry, they're like, oh man, where's that sharp stick at? I really need that. I need that yeah. tool, right? Now more than ever, there was, I, I told you, um, uh, you know, Marcus and I were down at the grocery store, and this was before they even put in all the like six foot limits. And we we're standing in line to check out, and Marcus was saying, um, I watched Contagion last night. Uh, I, I haven't seen it, the movie Contagion, but he was yeah. like, I watched it last night. And I was like, no kidding. The lady in front of us turned around and said, what'd you learn? Yeah. And it's like, we don't, I don't know. We didn't know who this person was, but I, as soon as I got back to the office, I think I told you, I was like, yeah. you want not believe what just happened because it was so clear for her. She was looking for survival information. You yeah. Know? This was just days into the pandemic and she hears somebody behind her in line mentioned that they watched a movie and she turns around interrupts the conversation and is like give me what you got right right
0: yeah it's um i it's a really strange thing because when you're when i'm in a classroom setting or somewhere or speaking or lecturing and i say stories are for survival information the pushback i get is insane yeah because it's um it's a relatively safe space, and you can philosophize about, well, I think stories should be this, and I think stories should be that. But when it goes down, right, and people yeah. need it, they have no, there's no confusion about what stories are for, or none. They know exactly yeah. what they're for. Um, and all of those arguments about what they could be go out the window.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've seen this. Like, I mean, even when we started the podcast, I think it just started because we're, you, you were teaching class and there would be people that would miss on weeks and stuff like that. And it was like, Oh, let's just record. The, let's just record these. And at the very least people, you know, here can listen to them if they miss it or, or whatever. Uh, and then we found that we had this audience, but it wasn't the the audience that I, I thought we would have. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot of students, like folks just starting out. And then all the stories we've heard, like, you know, the fact that Kobe was listening and like all these professional screenwriters and directors are listening. Um, And at first it was kind of puzzling, but, but now it seems pretty clear. It's because they know why it's important. Yeah. Right. They understand. Oh, I, Oh, that's an Allen wrench. I need that in order to do my job. It's beyond theory for them. It's, it's super practical.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's funny because what I find, yes, the people that I get the most pushback from are usually the least experienced people. Mm -hmm. So the least experienced people are like, I don't think it works that way. And the people with more experience are like, hey, thanks for telling me it works that way. I can use that.
1: You yeah. Know,
0: it's a completely different uh response. And it's it's so consistent that I, you know, because I couldn't figure it out, I'm like, why are the people who don't know anything arguing with me? It's like, oh, they don't yeah. know anything. That's why they're arguing. Um and I and even if somebody disagrees with me, if I'm talking to some other pro, the disagreement is at a, is at a much higher level. It's not about the basic things. It's about almost now you're arguing minutia, you know? Yeah. It's
1: not about style or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember there was a story and maybe you've told it on this show before. I don't, I don't recall, but you told a story about, um, a student who was like, uh, she worked at a magazine or something and you got a ton of pushback. And then she called you one day and she was like, In Oh crisis. yeah. We yeah. tell that story. Cause it seems kind of fitting.
0: Yeah. Well, she was, uh, she was a writer. Uh, she was actually writing comics, comic books. And uh, I was, it was right around the time when I was trying to break into comics. And uh, she, we would have these discussions and she completely disagreed with me about everything that had to do with story. And, and uh, I didn't know what I was talking about. It was all theory. And then uh, she had a regular book she was writing and she called me up and she was very upset. And she says, um, I'm going to lose my job if I can't figure out how to write a, how to write a story. Can you come teach me? um and then all of a sudden i knew what i was talking about i found that fascinating it's like so when you 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 know somehow instead of thinking well that guy doesn't know anything right she said that guy seems to know and and called me um it was fascinating that's that kind of thing has happened a lot
1: but that's a light bulb moment where you go Oh, before I could philosophize and I could kind of do all this stuff, I didn't really need to understand or see how these things work. Uh, and, and the reason this is kind of an important, you know, kind of setup to today's show is now is such a great time for you to actually observe how stories work. There, hasn't, there probably hasn't been a better time in our lifetimes where you can study stories in their natural habitat and they're so elevated that it's so easy to see. Right. right, like, like you said, after was it nine eleven or two thousand eight? All the newspapers. Oh yeah,
0: after the after the financial, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, a disaster, whatever you call it, yeah, downturn yeah. in yeah. uh, two thousand eight. Um, there was a. I remember walking down the street and seeing the headline of a paper, a newspaper in the kiosk thing. And it, it said, uh, the Great Depe- Depression, how our grandparents survived, or something like that. And uh, it was a big headline. And it was just interesting to me that they knew that that was information people would be interested in. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't, this is what happened to the stock market, or, you know, yeah. it wasn't, the headline was, how did your grandparents and great-grandparents or whatever survive the depression? Yeah. Um, we automatically do that. So this book... Um, about the 1918 uh, flu epidemic is like selling like hotcakes right now. Like, you know, I think I sent you the link, but it was like number one in all its categories, right? Because everybody wants to know now, like, oh, I need that information now. The, The interesting thing is if you knew that stories always had survival information in them, you would listen to all stories differently, right? Mm-hmm. You might be an expert in the flu epidemic just because you read about it. Because you go, just in case, right? I need to yep. know this, right? Um, you once you key in on the idea of stories being about survival information, you, you listen to every story differently,
1: every single one. Yeah, and and this is such an important time because not only is it such a great time to see uh, kind of all of these. Um, tactics is wrong word uh observations you've made clone characters and all these different things we've talked about for i don't know a year now on the podcast you can see them playing out in such a clear way right now yeah right all of a sudden you see folks that are are denying that you know the virus is even a thing right and then then they cut to the person who's a doctor it's like these are all like you can start to see it's just there's such stark um it's just such a great time to observe these things yeah. to also understand the importance of stories.
0: Right. Well, there's an interesting thing about when you talk about clone characters, right, and how we use clone characters. Because if you think about it, what happens is, what do we look at? We look at how uh, South Korea. Uh, yep. Oh, um, yeah. It's such right? a good, we yeah, look at how Italy that. dealt with it, right? Yep right so we compare ourselves to these other how where do we rank well not very well right our our line is crazy right um and so we look way down at the bottom at south korea and we look way at the top at right and and that's clones well and we look at who's ahead of us who's ahead of us new york they're ahead of us okay or italy's ahead of us let's look and see what they did so what are they they're two
1: weeks ahead what does two weeks look like you know yeah that's how we we're automatically using clone characters Oh man, that's such a great like, but that's what I mean, Brian. Like, it's it's so easy to see these things, you know, when there's a lot of noise. Yeah, and it's 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 often in crisis you figure out who you are, mm-hmm. right? And you figure out what's important, right? It's also a great time to understand the value of stories. Um, what have you been like for you, man? I mean, right? I, well,
0: I, hold on to that because I've got. Yeah. I was I was thinking about the first few times I tried to explain clone characters in classes. Yeah. And uh, one of the stories that I often forget to tell it, but I was taking a train from Los Angeles to Seattle. And at one point on the train, I was sitting right by the window. And at one point we went through the mountains and we were going through the mountains and we we're going up and up and up and up through these mountains. And it was like a sheer drop. Like you could look down, it would, you could look way down and it was kind of scary. And at one point I'm looking down and at the bottom of this cliff is a rusted out train car, <laughs> right? Yeah. And worst case scenario. <laughs> that scares yeah. everybody because all of, they yeah. understand that's a clone. Oh, this mm. train can fall. Yep. Right. You automatically make that
1: comparison. Man, but everything contrast. You yeah. talk about a contrast is how people see there was a, uh, the cover of, I think it was New York times and you can look it up. I'm sure we could link to it but it was one of the most amazing um, kind of front pages I've seen in my lifetime. And there was like a shot of these, I think it was doctors. And then there was this little bar. And then on the side of the paper, the entire su- margin on the far right-hand side was, comp- was one straight line all the way yes. to the top. And so it was all these tiny lines in the middle of the page. And the one straight line that took up the entire yeah. right-hand side column. And it was the joblessness rate. And you look at that and you're like, contrast. That's a fantastic example to to give you a visual illustration of how big of a deal this is. So it's like, whether it's clone characters or contrast or any of these things that we've talked about, if you start looking for them, right, now you're going to see it. Yeah. What's interesting is
0: um, somebody wrote me recently some book they were reading about alternative story structures. And that's all that theory stuff, right? It's like, does, is that the way people talk? Is this the way people communicate? That If it's not that, then it's just something somebody's trying to sell you it, or somebody's mm-hmm. confused about what story structure is. Story structure is like any other kind of structure, right? There, there aren't really alternative story structures. There are only story structures that work for what you're trying to build, right? So if you're trying to build a bridge and you have uh, sand on both sides of the, of the expanse, um, you build a certain kind of foundation, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that's what you need for the bridge, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, if you have solid rock, you build another kind of foundation, right? And what you're trying to do dictates the structure. When people start talking about structure as if it exists all by itself, <laughs> well, they don't understand it. Yeah. Right. Right. And the way to see whether or not it's true is to see, is is that the way people actually speak? Is that the way people actually communicate? Is this actually the way people seek out stories um, or what they seek them out for? Um, Otherwise, it is just somebody trying to sell you something.
1: Yep. That's right. Snake oil, man. Yeah. Uh, Guru stuff is always bad, right? Yeah. Whenever there's somebody who's like, you know – I'm you the know, way- I'm the one that cracked the yeah. code on and I have this special language and you know, yeah, it's like what, if you can just observe it in nature, it's a pretty good bet. Yeah. Right? Like you really like, don't even take anybody's word for it. Right. Right. Go look around. Yeah. And once you see clone characters and once you see contrast or, you know, it's the, it's the string that makes an Like once you see that all the, they're all just observed, then you can go like, Oh, okay. no Nobody's selling me anything. Right. Right. Um, Just helping you see something that maybe you couldn't see before. I also think that um, it's
0: people, especially with creative people, and we'll, we'll, we'll do a show about this, about, about ego, but especially with creative people, I think they want to, like they think their job is to do something different, right? So if you say, well, it's about survival information, like, I don't think it has to be that. I can do all these other things because – I'm making it about me, right? Instead of what the tool and what it's for.
1: Um, uh, But we'll do a whole show on that. I just. It's true. But we've talked about it before. Like you, once you, in order to know how to use something properly, you have to know why it exists. Yeah. Right. Like when I say you could, you could use a chainsaw to open up a beer, but that's going to make a mess because that's not what chainsaws. That wasn't the point. You could do that, (laughs) right? but it's going to make a mess because that wasn't the point. right? right? Yeah. It's a different thing, mm-hmm. right? It's a perfectly good tool if you're trying to chop down a tree, but it's a bad idea to open up your beer with it, right? Right. So you have to understand at a very basic level, like this is all this stuff. If, if I'm looking over my bookcase and man, in the last like three or four years, I've bought more four dummies books, stuff that I would have never done back in the day, because now I'm just like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. I'm just going to read the four dummies because if you can get that baseline of like, just give me, the basic stuff. Cause I'd always try to jump ahead. Right. 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 Um, and then you hear about guys like Michael Jordan, that would dribble for X amount of hours yep. a day. And so it's like the same thing. Like uh, Miles Davis, like all those like legends, they would focus on the, the basics. Yeah. Right? Over and over and over again. Cause there's always another level. It's just like, it's like the floor just keeps dropping and you get yeah. more and more out of it. Yeah.
0: You go deeper into the basics, right? People want to move beyond the basics. And the people at the top are looking below the basics. Yeah. Why are these the basics? Right. You know, why do we start here? And they dig deeper and they dig deeper and they dig deeper. Um, It's the people who are beginning who are always about uh, thinking there's something higher. Um, Yeah. Like I can do something else higher, but the real, the real information is below it's, you know, it's what I find is it's like this people, want to know how to do things, right? So they'll say, well, how do I write dialogue? How do I write this? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I make sure my stories have survival information? How, how, how? Yeah. How is a surface question? Why is the bigger question? Mm -hmm. Why is it better on film, for instance, to use the visuals to tell the story versus the dialogue, right? Like... There's a, there's a why there, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. So instead of going, well, why do I have to do it that way? How do I do it? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like the the why is the, why should be a, a way into the thing. That's what it is. People use why as a way out. Why do I have to do it that way?
1: Mm. Oh, that's instead of a way in, right? No, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, Oh, why do I have to do it that way? Because it does this. Oh, instead of why does it work like that? Right, right. Yes. What didn't you say, Coltrane? It was Coltrane or somebody like that said. Like you said, he like practices scales like every day. Or everybody it was, it does was, that. Uh, yeah. Whit
0: Marsalis does it. Um, oh, that's yeah. Probably Branford. Like they practice yeah. their scales every day. Um, I think Yo Yo Ma does that.
1: Um, Man. he's been know. doing these things. You talk about like survive, Like he's been posting like playing like songs every day, just like at his house and putting them on Twitter. Man, I've gotten choked up more times just watching that. It's a gift. Yeah. Right? Like he's giving a gift to the world through that. And and you're seeing that right now with the arts. Like you see yeah. people posting stuff and and they're they're just freely giving these things and it's providing like life and light and it's man, it's we've talked about before how story, being a storyteller is just the best job in the world, right? Yeah. Um and you're seeing that on display now more than ever um i was curious i'd love to know even just for you brian that i mean we haven't even seen each other in like a month or something it's crazy you know and we see each other like every day and now it's like i don't even see it uh Yeah, yeah but what's it been like for you i mean you're you know you're in there and i know you've got all your books and stuff and yeah you know you're there obviously it's you know you're there with heather and everything which is great but like what's what's this period been like the last month for you like what have you seen what have you learned like What's been difficult? Uh, uh, uh,
0: well, I'm, I'm, uh, I've done a couple of like podcast interview things. Um, and that kind of takes my mind off of things. And I seem to be able to do that, but, um, I can't, at least at this point, I'm taking things in. I find that I'm not in a very creative space. Um, other than photography, I'm not in much of a creative space, um, I think that that's, I can see the end of that coming, so I think that'll change. Um, I've got an idea for a TV series I, I wanna go back into and and um, work on that, it's something I did a long time ago. Um, but now it seems like a good time for it, so maybe people will pay attention to it. So uh, I'm thinking about doing that, so that's been uh, interesting now I'm think, but it's been really hard for me to concentrate on things, read, you know, I can listen to podcasts and stuff, but I'm supposed to be reading a book for a friend and it's, uh, it's been just very hard to concentrate. I've noticed I don't feel stressed, but I have stress responses. So I assume I'm stressed and I just don't feel it that I'm
1: not experiencing that way. Um, But that's interesting. uh, Let, Let me ask you about that because I've had, I've had the same problem with concentrating. And I think that that's a really interesting thing. And you told me something a couple weeks ago, whatever you were like, well, you can still like journal or, or write things down and, and maybe it'll be useful later. Right. Cause I think I was talking to you about like, man, I'm just having such a hard time writing or reading or something like that. Um, and you were saying you can still kind of capture the essence of it. Yeah. The moment or something like that you were talking.
0: Well, because when, when my, uh, when my father died, I, I had to go uh, to Colorado and clean out his apartment and stuff. And a friend of mine, an actor told me to, to keep, track of my emotions he goes just make a journal or a video journal uh something every night just record how you were feeling because you'll use it um and that was true i Mm. didn't refer back to it but i i was able to draw from it because i was so present that's what it did it made me present Mm. um because when these things happen, like if you remember after nine 11, there was a certain mood and a certain feeling, but after time that fades. Oh yeah. It was weird. I remember it was weird that there were no airplanes flying around for like a couple of weeks or something. And it was yeah. really quiet and it was kind of eerie. Um, but I couldn't tell you exactly what I was feeling. Right. Cause now I'm looking back and remembering and that's a different feeling. Yeah. Right. Um, so those things can work as little prompts. If you if you if you uh, notice how you feel now, you can yeah. draw on it later. Any kind of an artist can draw on it later. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's really important, and those kind of tips are super helpful, Brian. Just to have, I I know that there's just at least especially the first week of this, there were so many people online talking about how Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the plague or something like that, and they're like, now's the perfect time to write your opus and stuff and and when i read that i was like i totally get what they're saying but i am also like at the same time don't be hard on yourself like we're in the mid we're in uncharted territory right right you know and maybe maybe you can keep voice memos or something and maybe it'll be handy later on but i also think we could be putting too much pressure on people to you know hey you were home for two weeks why don't you knock out that thing (laughs) right well it's like well there's a kind of a lot going on right and it's you know when somebody was somebody was talking about I think it might've been Heather was talking about how we're all kind of going through the stages of grief. Right. Right. So you have denial and then you kind of, you're like, you're, we're all kind of moving through the stages of grief. And it was interesting when they said that I just pulled up the stages of grief and I was like, Oh yeah, I can kind of see like week by week, you know? And then you finally get to acceptance and you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to go out and finish working the gar- garden either way. Kind of like, you know, and you, cause you see that happen even in war. Right. Right you know, there's these stages where it's all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't care. Like if you look, you saw this in, in London, um, at world war two, right. At a certain point, people are like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm, I'm just going to go to the store and get some stuff. Cause I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. if a bomb lands, like you kind of have to go through the stages of grief. Uh, and I think in the same way, if somebody just died and you're like, Hey, knock out a book,
0: you're yeah. like,
1: well, and you know, so I, I just, I think if people can do that, that's fantastic. But I also think uh, people should take it easy on themselves in such an interesting time, you know? I think
0: that's true. I think that's true. Um, Yeah. It's a weird thing because I I can't remember who said it. It might have been Peter David, a writer, but I know it was a writer. But basically he was saying, you know, people will come to him and say up to him at parties or whatever, and they'll say, oh, man, a writer. If I only had the time. And he was like, as if time is all it takes, (laughs) right? (laughs) right Right? yeah Yeah. um there's a lot that goes into that kind of creation and some of it is um you know being in a safe space or feeling like you're in a safe space you know um some people may thrive in a in a in this environment in terms of their creativity and other people won't they just won't um so yeah you're right i think people have to have to um allow themselves to be at this moment at this time, because those of us who live to the other side of it, I think it'll define us the way the depression defines people who live through that, the way world war II defines people who live through that. Um, Even Vietnam defines people who live through that. Um, I think trauma
1: changes things. I think this is
0: one of those things that for the rest of your life, it's one of those things, you know, um, and so uh, there's nothing wrong with being present for it. Yeah. Um, but also just, um, but it's also like you say, a good time to at least observe how people ingest art and stories and yeah, right, to, to see how, when the chips are down, how do people, what do people really go for? What do people really need when the chips are down?
1: I mean, you know, what's been interesting, Brian, and I know that this was a, caused some tension uh when we were talking about it before but um I was going off on the joker or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you remember that. Yeah. Um and we were talking about how if somebody just did something with some hope in it, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh it could do really well. Look at the stuff that's working right now, right? Like if you look at even like that series that um I forget the guy's name, he's a director and he was on the office um, and he's doing that, uh, you know, his like YouTube show and it's all about, you know, kind of good things that are also happening. Uh-huh. Right. It, it's just, and if you look at like what Yo-Yo is doing with posting like music, like if you look at the people that are out there that are trying to put something out, right. That's yeah. not just bleak. Right. Um, look at how well they're doing. Yeah. You know, trying to find, you know, trying to put some hope out, out, out in the world when it's, when it's desperately needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, well, it's just a good thing to, to observe, to see how, again, how people are using that stuff and what people are going towards, what people are. Because, again, it's one thing when it's theory. You know, it's one thing when it's, uh, everything's fine and you can be like, people like this, or it can just be dark for no reason, or, you know, yeah. I'm going to kill off a bunch of characters people love. And, you know, it's like, well, that's less attractive when people you love might be in danger of dying. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden, that's not as fun, right? Yep. Um. I mean, I I never found it fun. Right. Right. Um, um. But I have my
1: theories about why they were doing those things. But. what? Um. As a storyteller now, how do you kind of view your job in a time of crisis like this? Like, is, does it? I imagine it probably doesn't change much for you, but I'm wondering if, if you're thinking about things or you're, you're noticing things or, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a really strange thing because
0: I'm in a, it's a, this thing hit at a very specific time for me because I had just finished the memoir about my brother's murder. So I just finished that book and I just turned it in. Um, and as I was writing that, a lot of um, the responsibility of being a storyteller um, that hit me hard as I was writing that book because I wasn't writing it for me. Um, the, all the things in that book I could have just gone through privately. I didn't need to share that for any reason uh, of my for me. But, um, you know, I was asked by the publisher to write it, and so I didn't know how to approach it at first. But then when I started thinking about the survival information, I was like, well, there's stuff in here that I went through that might help people understand um, how I was capable of coming through this tragedy the way that I came through it. Um, And so I, I worked very hard to take myself out of it as much as I could, to take um, to not concern myself with the things that I thought were embarrassing or, you know, um, and just go ahead and put them out there because hopefully they'll help somebody else because not about me. Um, that sounds, it's weird to say it. It sounds a little self-serving to say, like, I, you know, but but that was the process for me, was to take myself out of it. It was the only way I could do it. It was the only way that I could do it. So, um Knowing that I was writing for, and in fact, I thought I'd be writing for somebody who maybe isn't even born yet, right? If I'm, if I'm lucky and the book lasts, um, I owe it to that person who's either very young right now or not born yet or whatever, to be honest about my feelings about these things that I wrote about, uh, because they'll be feeling the same thing, right? Uh, somebody and it'll, you know, when you've seen something or read something or whatever that hit you that way, everybody's had that experience where you go, this person is talking to me. They, they might already be dead, but they're talking to you. Right. Um, I, I, I worked really hard to, uh, surrender that way to the process and to what I was trying to do. And so it's interesting now, I don't know how it would have changed the book. Um, if we had been going through this and I was trying to, you know, hit that deadline, but I'd already turned it in. So, um, so it's just interesting for me because I feel like I've been through this process creatively. Like what's my responsibility? What am I supposed to be doing? And so um, now I'm, I feel clear headed about it. It's not like I did not before, but I feel really clear headed about it. Like I know.
1: Can you unpack that a little bit clear headed about what? About what my job is,
0: right? Mm. That, that the job of a storyteller is the job of a healer. They're the same job. And so that's how I approach the work. Like sharing these things about myself as honestly as I am able. And I'm sure I held back some, right? Because there's only so far how there's only so much you can reveal yourself at any given time, right um, so I went as deep as I could, I drilled as deep as I could, and that is not for me it has some therapeutic value i guess but um but writing and writing shouldn't be therapy right um because then it's it ends up being a little bit more preachy mm-hmm. right. So if it's but it but it can be therapeutic. It's just a byproduct of doing the work sometimes. Yeah. So, but if you go into it having it be therapy, it can really mess up the work. Um, but it can be therapeutic, and so in that way, I think the process was therapeutic. Uh, it did clear. It did make it clear to me. I think it's the best thing I've written. I don't know. Other people will have to make that decision. But I think it's the best thing I've written. And um, I think that was because I was clear about my job. I was clear
1: that my job was a healing job. Um, Can I ask more questions about that? Yeah. Because if we go, stories exist to impart survival information. Yeah. Right? And then we go, but I'd never thought about the next step and you just said that's so clear which i want to connect them right so stories exist to impart survival information and your job as a storyteller as a storyteller is you said is a healing job uh huh right a- and so i'd never i'd never visualized before the connection between survival information which i view as more like you know hey slow and study went through, you know yeah, like right and and in practice it's healing right, right? So it's kind of like it exists to do this. In practice, what do you need to do today? It's a healing job, right? right. So, so if you're an account, whatever, if you're an accountant, that's your your job is uh, you know, whatever numbers or right. It's a category, right? right? Just like just like a any other category of of a healer, right? That's what a storyteller. That's the type of job it is. Um, I just like how I, I hadn't. I don't think we've ever connected them like that.
0: Yeah, it's, I um, I talk about it a little bit in the golden theme, but I think it's the same. I think it's a just just a healing job. You can you you know it's a heal again when people need it for healing, they know it, right?
1: Yeah. So um, any twelve. You step talked about one. like medicine men. You said it's the same job of it's the same job. A medicine man would have had or or you know a griot yeah. would have had. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're the same. They're the same job, um, and often in tribal settings, it's the same job as the magician, right? So the magician sort of, uh, person that, you know, the, the, the healer, the storyteller, they're all the same job. And I think if you're not doing one of those things, you're probably not doing your job. So if you're not healing, if there's not some magic and by magic, I mean, well, stories are so transformative, right? Stories are so, um, you know, you know. I don't want to have an argument about this, so, so I, I hope people don't write about it. But, but I don't think stories are designed to be immersive, right? I think, so getting inside a world, inside your VR headset and stuff, that's all cool. I like doing that. I just don't think it's a storytelling tool because I think stories, when they work, are immersive. They do transport you. They do put you in that space. And I yeah. think making that leap is part of the magic. I think that VR takes the magic out for one thing. I think there are other issues with it too, but I think it, it takes the magic out of the storytelling. It yeah. takes the, 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 the sort of mental participation of what, you know what I mean? I think it, I think it changes something. Um, who knows, I, I could be wrong. Charlie Chaplin, no, wouldn't last. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I I I went. Out, I got one after I, you showed me yours. Your uh, your yeah. VR Oh, head oh yeah. And like, I think it's great for like when I'm stressed out, like all this crazy stuff. I'll go in there and just like sit and fish. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Stuff like that, where it's like I'm just sitting there, and Kate's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm fishing." <laughs> it's just I'm sitting on a beach. Yeah. You know, there's no pandemic in here. Right. right? Yeah. So I'm just casting my yeah. rod and I'm fishing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but that's not storytelling, right? Right.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's a different thing, and that's okay. It Can be that thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, I like uh, the fish. Yeah, but it's <laughs> not. But it's not storytelling, and I think that. Um, so I think that, that uh, the part that brings you in brings your imagination in. The part that sucks you in um, is part of the magic. Um, also, spectacles can be part of the magic. I think we some right now. We lean heavily towards spectacle which is not the best thing. I think it it, it drives sometimes Um, and it shouldn't drive, but it should certainly be part of it, right? Um, You know, oh my God, look at that crazy monster. Look, there's dinosaurs or whatever it's got. You know, it's part of it, the spectacle. But... but I think we lean too heavily on spectacle right now, the spectacle of violence, the spectacle of effects, the spectacle of like amazing cinematography, you know, yeah. the spectacle is driving right yeah. now. It'd part oh, of yeah. Us, part
1: Whenever of- somebody tells me you got to see this film and the answer is like, why? Because they didn't cut the whole time or because right. you, whatever, right. you know, it's all in spectacle. outer space. It's like, okay, that's just, it's tactics, mm-hmm. right? People mistake style for content. Um, but yeah, no. But you say, but there's nothing wrong with spectacle. But this problem is, is when that's the whole game, right? 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 It, do you need the spectacle in order to make your point? Right. Right. So, but you said, you said, healing, magic, yeah. You said there's
0: and storytelling,
1: and right? Storytelling.
0: That, right. So, so I think those components belong together. I think they always belong mm. together. And they're finding that out, right? There's now this idea of narrative medicine right? Um, Because they don't know. Because whenever somebody outside of storytelling starts studying stories, they discover things storytellers have known forever, right? So so now doctors are going, hey, it seems like stories are healing. Yeah, they are, right? Yeah, Yeah. you ever been to therapy? Yeah, or have you ever? Why aren't you talking to storytellers? Why aren't you talking to professional storytellers? They could tell you everything you want to know, but a scientist has to find out in a lab and then they act like they've made some huge discovery right um so uh like that guy who wrote the the new book about psilocybin right yeah 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 Yeah. and he's like Uh, hey we discovered this thing and it's like really because tribal people have been doing that for a while yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while yeah 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 Yeah. um but you know i think he barely gave any lip service to people that have been doing it for centuries
1: Yeah. yeah right yeah and yeah. now they're using a ton of be- ton of vets and different folks like that that've been through serious trauma, finding it uh, to be extremely helpful. Yeah, and, and and a lot of it is because they said that they can just tell their story. Yep. Right, and yep. that's what it that's what it does in those therapy sessions um, with psilocybin, where maybe before they wouldn't be able to bring themselves to talk about you know the bomb going off and losing their friend or whatever, but in that setting they can. Right. And it's funny, it's the process of telling their story yep. that brings the healing. Right. Um, and it's funny because you ask a therapist. I've asked my therapist before. She's fascinated by story stuff. She's never argued about it. Like, she'll ask about something, I'll be like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is a principle or, or whatever, something to consider. And she's always like, that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? Because she listens to stories right. all, all day, day long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there can't be a vacuum. You have to replace one story with another story. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and so... Th- it's our that's, operating system.
0: Yeah. Well, it's but it's yeah. why it heals for uh, any 12-step program. Yeah. Right? It's just people sharing stories, essentially. Yeah. Right? And so, um, there's the healing that comes from sharing your story, but there's also the healing that comes from hearing the story, right? So that because you're using those people, we're all clones, we go, oh, we're all clones. We've all had a problem with yep. alcohol or whatever it is, right? Yep, so here we are, right. we're all clones, yep. and... Um, if I hear your story and somehow it, it either makes me go, oh, I'm not alone, right? I did that, or the other thing is, oh, that's bad. I didn't have it that bad, right? Yeah. So if that person can get through this, I can get through that, right? Yeah. Um, those kinds of things. It's like it's a it's a fascinating thing, but it's just storytelling. Um, yeah. Because I do this thing with you know the Red Badge project with veterans, right? With PTSD and we uh, help them learn how to tell their stories uh, for their healing, part of their healing. Uh, I, I was invited to a screening of a thing about vets with PTSD because of doing Red Badge. And, I, and I, I don't remember much about the movie I saw, unfortunately, but what I do remember is there was a woman who got up and spoke afterwards and she said something I hadn't heard, uh, which was, and I don't remember which Native American uh, tribe it was, which nation, but, um, anyway, these, 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 there, there's certain group of native Americans who, when the warriors went off to, to war, uh, when they came back, the whole village would surround them and they would sit in the center and they would tell their story Mm -hmm. and they did it so that the tribe was suffering with them. The tribe, we're we're all taking on, we're all going to take it on. We know what you're going through. We know what you did. We know, you know, so, yeah. so that changes how you interact with those people, right? You're not going to have people spitting at vets or, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, know yeah. what I mean? you know, so, and uh, the tribe
1: is taking it on. Like, we'll also take on this burden. Um, Dude, it's chronological snobbery, man. Like, we think we're so damn smart. <laughs> like, like, you think about it, it's like, of course they should do. That makes so much sense. Doesn't it? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Right. Well, look now during, during
0: this COVID crisis, there are so many caretakers, nurses mm-hmm. and doctors going on TikTok, going on you yeah. know, Instagram, going out like, Hey people, this is what's going on. You know, yep. I'm going to tell you a story that's going to make you be careful and want to stay inside. I'm going to tell yeah. you a story, you know, about what it's like to hold somebody's hand when they're dying because their family can't be here.
1: You know, you know, so uh, yeah, I heard a story of a, a woman whose daughter worked at a grocery store and she was a nurse and her daughter worked at a grocery store and her daughter got sick. And she's like, I literally held her as she died. Yeah. She was in the same, she was taken to the hospital where her mom was and her mom was there and took care of her. And her daughter was like 26 or 27. I mean, when you hear that story, you go like, just stay in. Right. Like this woman had to hold her daughter By the way, she got it because she was at the grocery store trying to keep stuff on the shelf. You know, Um, and those stories are powerful. I'll never forget it. It was like on, you know, it was just on the the radio. I was just listening to her story. I was just like, it's you take that on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And she did her job, right? Yeah. The fact that she was willing to tell that story, because I can't imagine how difficult it was for her as the mom to tell the story of her daughter, right? Right, but.
0: Did she, did, was she, was she making a point? Yes. What was her point? It's
1: serious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This serious. is serious stuff. And I just, I just had my daughter die in my arms and she was a doc and she's like, I was a doctor. Right. And the, and my daughter knew how serious this, this was, but she went because she felt like she had a job to do in her community. Um, and she literally died in her mom's arms and I just, I was driving. I started crying. I couldn't handle it. But, the, but she did her job. She was trying to warn people. Yeah. Right? If you're sitting around and you're going, oh, this is BS or whatever, like consider somebody who just lived through something like this. Right? And to the point where she did it on like ABC News. Like yeah. she, 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 she was trying to make a point and she did a great job. Right. Right? But, and by the way, she went back to work. Um, yeah. Which is also, I can't even wrap my mind around.
0: Yeah. Well, if she, she's probably just, she got to try to save somebody, right? Um, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting because uh, when my friend Scott died, he was an organ donor, so um, there was some, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it wasn't relief, but there was something like right away we heard when somebody got his corneas, I remember, and i remember thinking oh somebody's looking through scott's eyes that's interesting it was like these pieces of them are helping other people live um mm-hmm. and if you can't do anything else it's sort of a, a a nice thing to leave behind and so it's like if you can save somebody so right so i better mothers like if i can save somebody
1: yeah with the story yeah
0: yeah yeah with the store thing um, there's
1: that you see the one where the guy got a uh, this uh, Man's son's heart, and he visited him and he gave him this stethoscope so he could listen to the heart, yeah, The son's heart beating. And someone like, Man, that's just these stories are so powerful, right? yeah, they're just so powerful. Um, a piece of you is living on, right? I mean, that's what your stories can do. A piece right. of you can live on. Like, I was watching a um, you know, I was I've been watching a lot of old movies lately, um, and uh. Uh, it's just funny. You look at, you know, Cagney and guys like that, and it's like they've been dead for however long. Right. And a piece of them, you know, lives on and, and you know, through the stories. Right. Yeah. Um, it's magic. <laughs> I mean, going back to your point, right? Yeah. It's magic and it's healing. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and I if mean, your even, story, it, if your story, in fact, that's interesting. So what happens if you're telling stories that aren't healing?
0: Well, I think it's. Um,
1: like, then what would that be considered? Well, because even that mother story, I would say, is healing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just looking at the criteria because I wrote it down and I'm going. So, if you're storytelling and there's no magic and it's not healing, what is that? Um, I think that it's
0: often. Um, Well, it's the poison part, right? It's the poison.
1: Um, medicine know, or poison? Yeah. Or is it medicine or poison?
0: Yeah. So it's the poison. It's just the sugar, right? So it's why um, mm. somebody, somebody—it's <laughs> really interesting. Somebody was talking about um, the 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 Marvel movies, and it's like, aren't you tired of superheroes? And shouldn't they make different movies now? And it's just too many superhero movies and stop making superhero movies. And this happened, uh, used to happen with uh, the animated films, too, where they had so many animal characters and people were like, don't do the animal characters. We've had enough of the animal characters. Move on, blah, blah, blah. Uh, those are just superficial things on the surface. I don't care how many superhero movies they make. Most of them are not very good, I don't think. That's the problem. Not that they're making them,
1: right, <laughs> right?
0: That's yeah. not the problem. They're making them in a certain way. They're making a certain brand of superheroes. And this is brand. coming from a
1: guy who has, you have Thor, you have yeah. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. I can't Alpha, make up the other one. Alpha, Alpha. Flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're not a fan. Right?
0: No, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's not at all. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that uh, the form has been used to tell some pretty sophisticated stories. Even the superhero uh, thing, sure. but the, the, the movies haven't quite caught up to that. Um, I also think, don't get me started, I think the fact that they're all linked, especially the Marvel things, that you have to see this one and this one links to that one, and of course you don't know what's yeah. going on this, because you know, and some of them I don't like or I didn't see, so it's like, oh, you didn't watch that Thor, then you don't know what's going on in this movie. It's like, yeah. I paid my money, tell me a story <laughs> right now, you know? Yeah. I didn't see that yeah. other one, I'm watching this one yeah um so that's another thing that makes me insane uh-huh. um i mean it makes them a lot of money but it it makes me insane because if you have to see everyone to understand the one you want to see it'll make yeah. them some money it's just a business strategy it's not a better way of telling stories
1: oh yeah you know can you imagine if you tried to do that somebody in real life yeah you t- you try to tell a story and they're like i don't even know what you're talking about and you're like oh did i tell you the first story a couple weeks ago they're like <laughs> no and you're like, oh, yeah, you should have been there or whatever. You're like, no, I, you have to, it has to stand. <laughs> right, right. Right. And so. Um, it's just common sense, man. So much of this stuff is common sense. Yeah. Would that work in real life if you were trying to tell somebody <laughs> something and they <laughs> yeah. could have the context? Yeah. Well, no, they get lost. Okay. Well, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. When know, I go to those things, I always, I'm there with a buddy of mine who's way into it. And I'd be like, you got to understand that was his van inside of his van. He had this gadget. And so, and I'll be like, oh, okay, just trying to like, <laughs> right, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So, decode it, Yeah. So, uh, but the thing is,
0: if they said, Hey, this is about survival information. Yeah. Right. What can we say here? Um, one of the cool things they did in the first Spider-Man two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's good.
0: <laughs> um, uh, the one written by Alvin Sargent. Um, uh, there's a really cool thing about what it is to be a hero um, that has almost nothing to do with superpowers, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that I think is really nice. Um, in the same way that uh, Terminator Dude, 2... Into about- the
1: Spider-Verse was my favorite movie two years ago. There you go. This is my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. It totally stands on its own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. What did I say?
1: Oh, you said Terminator Two does the yeah, same. Yeah, Terminator Two, right?
0: That's essentially a comic book, right? It's yeah. essentially a comic book. It could have been from a comic; nobody would have blinked twice, right?
1: But you wouldn't have had to have seen the first Terminator. A lot of people hadn't seen the first Terminator. Oh no, yeah, and loved Terminator Two.
0: Yeah, you don't need you don't need that other movie. Same thing with uh, same with aliens. aliens. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I was going to say is that because Terminator Two had something to say about not becoming the thing you hate, right? Mm. Because Sarah Connor becomes a Terminator, right? She becomes a killing machine in that movie with the same mission to kill somebody before they're able to set certain, like it's the same thing, right?
1: It's so good. It's It's really good. Like he's really good at his job. Like (laughs) that guy. Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah. But that's amazing, right? To have that thing. And so if more superhero movies were doing things like that. Yeah. I don't think you'd hear people clamoring to like get rid of them. Yeah. Right. I think they couldn't get enough of them. Um, The reason they can't get enough of them right now is just because it's like, that's the dominant thing. That's all we're doing. Right. If you want to go to the movies, that's probably what you're going to see.
1: Right. And they're so much better than the other thing you would have seen that week. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying that it's like, what are, it's just nothing sticky. You know, you know, it's like, um, there's some meals where you, you eat it, then like an hour later, you're still hungry. Yeah. Right? You're like, I just ate all that rice and I'm hungry like an hour later, right? <laughs> it's like that with movies. Yeah. Right? When you go to a movie or watch a TV shows, like, what'd you watch last night? And you're like, I watched something. I don't really remember yeah. what it was. You know what I mean? It's not a meal. I would say it's but not a that meal. that woman's story about her daughter? Yeah. You asked me about that. it in 20 years. Yeah. And it was over the radio. Yeah. And I didn't see anything right like you think about the spectacle piece you were talking about over here right it was the most lo-fi yep experience and i will never forget that story stories
0: are amazing when they're low fi low tech they can be amazing they can be as engaging as you know people used to make fun of me because i always thought old radio was a really great medium and tv sort of replaced it right and, and I thought, ah, oh, that's too bad because radio was a really creative space where you could, where you could make people make those, close those oh. gaps, right? And yeah. so what's interesting is that when podcasts have now taken over and everybody's like, all oh, about podcasts, it's like, well, that's just radio. Like, yeah. you know, radio came Dude, back. Dude,
1: War of the Worlds, li- li-
0: re-listen to that. Oh, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. It's really good. What he did with that is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah but that's just you're exactly right like podcast it's like okay they're doing pretty good right 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 you know what i'm saying but it's just it's it's like people again you mistake style for content so that woman's story or i'm sure like right now if people are listening to this and they feel like how many of these stories have you heard in the last month since this started that you will never forget yeah were any of them shot in 3d Right. any of them did any of even have like a big star in them. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like all no. the stuff that you're told is the only way to make something work. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, you're right. And
1: ask your que- Ask yourself really simple questions. Why did that work? Right. Why did that move me so much?
0: Right. Right. I, re- I remember hearing a story on the radio. I was an interview with two people who had run in the 1936 Olympics and they had run with Jesse Owens yeah, um, a couple of really cool stories about Jesse Owens. One, one, one Well, one of the stories was that Jesse Owens, you know, he, you know, he was, you know, an amazing athlete who kind of uh, showed the Nazis up, right? The yeah,
1: Masquerade, big time. Right? Yeah.
0: But what was interesting is that Jesse Owens was doing so well for for us that they almost, um, I guess, there were these two uh, Jewish runners, and they were like, look we're not going to let you guys run. We want Jesse Owens to run because he's doing so well. And we're going to get some medals for the United States. And they were like, what that's, you know, and Jesse Owens was like, well, that's not fair. They trained just as hard as I did. They should get to run. Right. And so he stood up for them and he didn't, he was like, I'm not doing that. Um, So that's an amazing thing. But also what was amazing to me was these guys were still alive at the, at least the time they recorded this thing. And they, one of them at least, and he was talking and he was talking about seeing Hitler. And he said, Yeah, I remember looking at Hitler in the stands. There he was. He was sitting up there, and I I looked at him, and I remember he looked like Charlie Chaplin. And it was really interesting because because it was radio. There were no pictures. Because there were no pictures, he didn't seem like an old person. He seemed just like a guy telling you about when he saw Hitler. And it transported you there in a way that a film never could right? Because a film of then is black and white, it's grainy, it's this, there's so much separation. If you take that element out, all you have is your imagination. And then you just have a guy who sounds like a contemporary person saying, yeah, I saw Hitler and he looked like, and you put yourself there. And it's amazing how, how the magic of transporting you there mm-hmm. worked because there was no picture, right? S- yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing, but I mean, when I'm working, I always ask myself what I can take away. So um, can I take away sound here? Can I take away the dialogue here? Can I take out this? Can I take out the picture? Can I take out, I remember there was um, a Michael Moore movie. and Maybe I've talked about it before. I can't remember which one it was. It might've been Fahrenheit 9-11 or whatever it was. But at the very beginning of the movie, um, they're the, the towers or one of the towers is on fire. The very beginning of the movie. And uh, it might have been Bowling for Columbine. I'm not sure which movie. It's one of his movies, one of Michael Moore's movies. But they did this amazing thing where the second plane is about to hit the second tower. And as soon as that happens, it goes to black. And I remember sitting in the theater, but you hear all the sound of people going, oh my God, oh my God. And it transported you there again. You'd seen that footage so much at that time that it was like, okay, here's that footage again. And it may, be, it, it may bring up trauma, it may do all those things, but it wasn't new. Taking the picture away made it new again. It was, it was, uh, it was fascinating um, how well that worked in that instant. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to have people
1: create the picture based on the sound. Um, But that's, that's an interesting idea the taking away. What can I take away? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we're living in a time right now where so many things that we thought we needed all the time have been taken away. Right. Right. And you know what you find out? You're like, you can live through like, right. Yeah. You don't have to go to your coffee shop every day in order. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you, and it's at such a great time to see things differently because our patterns are being broken. Yeah. You know? And an interesting thing, too, when you said he looked like Charlie Chaplin, all I could think about is what a badass Charlie Chaplin was. And I was thinking about The Great Dictator and even that guy, right? Like, yeah. Charlie Chaplin did his job. That speech but- in The Great Dictator is some of the most unbelievable. I mean, that scene, every time I watch it, I get choked up. It's crazy. Well, he also did something else in that movie,
0: um, which was something that later Mel Brooks would do. So when Mel Brooks did uh, The Producers, somebody asked him about making comedies about Hitler. Like, is that, is that cool? You know, making comedies about Hitler? Some interview. And he said, he goes, oh, he goes, my job is to make the world laugh at Hitler. My job is to make him a laughingstock for eternity. That's my job. Right? And I feel I like, love first, that. yeah, I feel like the first person yeah. who took that on was, was Charlie Chaplin. Yep. Right. He made Hitler a laughingstock. There's a scene where the Hitler character is going to meet with the Mussolini character and he's making sure that his seat is higher, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he's tipped, yeah. like is my seat yeah. got to be higher. And, you know, yeah. and then there's the dance with the globe that Hitler does in that, yeah. you know, he made Hitler a laughingstock um, at the same time by saying, it's very serious what's happening but made him a stock, you know? Um, It's great, man. That's magic. It's great. And, uh, you know, the swastika, because he doesn't have – they don't have the swastika. They have two crosses, and it's the double cross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: great. (laughs) It's so good. I know. That guy, man, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And that movie will live. I mean, geez.
0: Yeah, but he knew what his job was. He specifically – Set he out. had a
1: job to do, and he did it.
0: Yeah, and people said that he shouldn't do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't.
0: Hey, why? You know, because it wasn't like everybody was like hating Hitler yet. So it was really early.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh it yeah. No. Ford was over there hanging out, and it yeah. was an interesting time.
0: Yeah. It was yeah. And he's like, no, this guy's bad news.
1: Yeah. He could. T- he could tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, like, well, my what is my job now? My job is to make sure people understand, yep. that he's bad news.
1: Yep. Um, and see, I would say that movie's healing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just that it's 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 people know they know when to seek out a healing story. They know when they seek out specific survival information. That's what's fascinating to me. If you just watch it, you'll see it. So Mm -hmm. the the arguments and the pushback don't make any sense to me because it's like, well, just go watch it and see it. I don't don't, just go out the word I say. Yeah, look
1: out your window. Yeah, just look. Um, Yeah. Next time you pick up the phone, right? Just listen to what they say. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, whatever. Your mom's gone. Just hear what she has to say about the coronavirus. Hear what Howard just listen. Yeah, And it's, like, again, yeah, it's like baseball cards. We're just constantly trading stories. Yeah. Right? Yo, oh, here's some survival. Here. Here's some, oh, I'll take that. Thanks. And I'll put this over here. We're constantly trading these cards because we're trying to help each other. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean how often do you hear somebody's like, you've got to watch this movie? Why? Why is it such a big deal? I'm telling you, you've got to watch it. I was thinking about what you were going through. And I saw yeah. this movie. You've got to see it. It's a perfect, I'm telling you. In fact, I'm going to buy it for you or whatever, right? You're right. And you're going like, okay, all right. Why? Because they're trying to give.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like, um, I always find it interesting about uh, Shawshank, about Shawshank Redemption and how Frank Darabont, you know, gets all these letters from people about how it helped them through something, how it helped them through their divorce or helped them through their, you know, it's like that movie's not about divorce, right? Right. But it's about getting busy living, right? Or getting busy dying, right? That's the information that you need, right? So, which thing are you going to do? You're going to get busy living and you get busy dying, right? This yep. is what happens when you do what Brooks does. This is what happens when you do what Red did, right? Yeah. You know, um, it, it's amazing. And that's it's a complete, it's a healing movie, yeah. you know? And for all the dark movies that everybody says are so great, go look on IMDb and see what's ranked. <laughs> like, yep. it, it's, it's, it's it's stuff like and the stuff that stays. It's stuff like Shawshank. Something yeah. might go up there for a little while because it's dark and whatever. But I don't yeah. think people are going to lean into the darkness quite so much right now.
1: Yeah. And it, you when know. W- when you talk about the job of a storyteller, it's that it's a healing job. If somebody's listening to that and they go, I want to do that. Like in this time where people need medicine now more than ever, right? And if stories are medicine are poison, yeah. and you're a healer. Um, and somebody goes like, how do I apply that? Like, how do I try to be a healer through my stories? I think, I think what Yo-Yo Ma did, I'm telling you, man, it was just like on Twitter and he was just playing the song and it was the first time I'd seen him doing that. Uh, and he was just a gift and I got choked up just watching it. Uh-huh. He was just giving this thing to the world. And I mean, when you talk about somebody who's at the top of the game, <laughs> right? right at the top of their game, it was beautiful, man. But, like, if somebody's sitting there going, okay, I, wanna, I want my work to be uh, coming from the standpoint of healing, right? Like, how? what are kind of some steps you would, you would give? Because you just wrote that book, and you said that's what you were trying to do with the book. So, like, what would you say to somebody who's going, like, that's what I want to do?
0: Oh, well, it's, uh, well, then it's, it becomes an internal journey, not an external one, right? I understand that. what is it about survival or about healing or about being stuck or about whatever that, you know, personally not look outside and say, Oh, I want to tell the story of this nurse. Right. Or Mm -hmm. I want to like, yeah, right. There's a story that you have, it doesn't have to look like your life. It doesn't have to be literal. Right it's like if your thing is about like i told you I, I, about this boss i had i had this terrible boss and working on this movie this creature shop and and uh i was so angry at him for years and uh and uh, i was talking to somebody about it and i was just so mad like it could make me mad like no matter how many years went by like you know <laughs> yeah I, I was like, I'm telling you, I was like, because I was so young when I was working for him. I'm like, if I ever see that guy again, I'm going to just pop him in the jaw. I'll go to jail. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, Like this guy, I was, this guy, he was just an awful, miserable human being and took every opportunity to be that. Hmm. And I was talking to somebody about it. And uh, I said, you know, I realized that nobody, like, I won't let anybody do that to me again. Nobody has any power over you that you don't give them. And she said, oh, but he still has power over you. I'm like, oh, yeah, he does. (laughs) And then I was like, I got to let that go. Right? I got to let that go. But the idea of feeling powerless is a personal one that I can talk about. Now, that might look like a doctor who can't save her kid, right? Mm -hmm. But that's my way in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Through right. your actual emotional labor that you've, you've lived through. Right. Right? Lived
0: experience. Right. So what's your way in? Again, it doesn't have to – you don't have to be – you know, when we talk about telling the truth, I, right now I'm talking about the emotional truth. Yes. I mean, right. right? It doesn't have to have actually happened, right? Like a, yeah. Like a There's that line in
1: Scarface where he goes, I always tell the truth even when I lie. Yeah. Right? Stories are like that. Yeah. It wasn't actually three pigs and there wasn't actually a wolf. Right. Right. But it's true.
0: Right. There's no boy who cried wolf. There's no, right. Uh Right. But of course it's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So it doesn't have to be factual. It doesn't have to look even like real life. It can look like a superhero story. Right. Right. It doesn't have to look uh, any particular way to be true. And but that's you're
1: healing so- wombs But you're healing a womb that you have lived through, right? Right. If we go back to healing, it's like, oh, I my leg was cut like that, and it got infected, and I this is what got me through it, and now I can give that. Right. You're he, you're trying to heal a womb that you lived through, right? right? I mean, you were talking about your brother's death, right? Right. And you're going, how can I put that, give that out? Everybody's lived through something, right? Right. That like that. Yeah, not at that level, but you know what I mean. Like, like live through Trump, like yeah, there's
0: something, right? Yeah, there's always something. So, yeah.
1: um, and
0: being honest about that thing, you know, again, it was interesting writing the memoir, right? Because I was like, I was really careful in the memoir not to be vengeful. So I'm like, if I thought the people were going to come off like really good people, then I would name them and they had their actual names. If I thought, you know, I don't need to mention this person's name because this isn't about them or beginning revenge or talking about what a bad person they were, um, or, or just even badly behaved once or whatever, then I didn't use their name. It was like, I don't need to do that. So, um, because I felt like that was not healing, that was gonna put more poison out, right? Hmm. That's not, not what this piece was about right? It's like, this is not about revenge, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. that's, that's not actually a helpful path, I don't think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed to talk about these things, so
1: I talked about them. Um, but you weren't trying th- to destroy those, those people. I'm sorry? You weren't trying to destroy those people. You no, trying I'm to trying to, to build like other people need- up,
0: right? Oh, uh, yeah. Right? But I'm not trying to destroy anybody. That's not the point of it. And that, was, that would have gone against the whole armature of the book, right? Yeah. Right? So, Because uh, it was about forgiving the, my brother's killer, right? So it would have gone against everything in the book if I couldn't, review, couldn't, yeah. couldn't forgive these people along the way. But my point, my big point is that um, some of the stuff may not be factual, but it's all true from an emotional place. Some of yeah. the stuff you're talking about writing about your life, like I don't remember exactly how that went down, but I can tell you how it felt. Right? Like, yeah. you know, um, and so you'd have to make up a detail here or there to, you know, set it in a place and a time. It's like, did that happen when I was eight or did that happen when I was five? I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll make it when I'm five, you know, because I got to make it. Yeah. Time, right? Yep. So um, telling the truth doesn't doesn't always mean facts. I think that confuses people.
1: Yep. You know? I love that idea that a, that it's the, it's a healing job. And I love that you go, well, look for a womb that you've survived. Yeah. Right. In one form or another and try to help other people heal from that. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I like how practical that is and how personal that is. Yeah. Right. Um, Because it's going to be different for everybody. Right. You know, which is really great because it's not about, this is one of the things we talk about you know even even at work and stuff like this where it's like we're not trying to say just be like brian right right because brian you have you're teaching everybody but at the same time like you're telling a story that's unique to you that's going to be different than you know michelle's story or fred's story or tom's right you know what i'm saying it's not about by page two you have to do this because that's what brian you know what i'm saying yeah that's not That's not what we're talking about
0: no uh, yeah, so I think that people... And that's where people don't understand it because they want to be unique and they think being unique is something they do on the surface, right? Like, nobody's ever done a vampire superhero movie or whatever they have, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what I mean? And they think that's what the thing is, Is but, but it's them that makes it unique. It's telling your truth
1: is what makes it unique. Imagine if any other healing job, you were like, technically... I'm supposed to use antibiotics and stuff, but I have a unique way of doing this, right? You'd be like, uh, 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 can we, um, what, will somebody go to a different doctor? Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, dude, I'm trying to get better. And you're like, yeah, but I just, I had this idea last night where if I take two chicken bones and I, you know, they're like, no, 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 right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is why definitions matter. If right. you know that you're in the healing business, all of a sudden it's like, then your number one priority is to heal. Right. Do no harm. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Not express yourself as a, a new and unique kind of doctor the world has never seen before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, there's ways of doing these things, you
0: know? Well, it reminds me of the, uh, the Seattle Public Library. So the Seattle Public Library before was an old building. <laughs> I've, heard you, I've heard you talk about this. I can go me. on about this stupid library. So the <laughs> library from before was an old brick building where books were kept, you know, a library <laughs> uh-huh. They brought in some fancy pants architect. I don't know who it was. Architecture. People know who he is. I don't know who he is. And they were like, uh-huh. it's great. And it's, it looks cool and blah, blah, blah. I guess try finding a book. Just try finding a book in there. Like it's almost impossible. Or try finding your way to the second floor. It was like, it's crazy. It's like a maze in there. Like, have you been uh-huh. in there? You know what I'm talking yeah, about?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's
0: insane.
1: It looks super cool, but you go there to observe the architecture and not to do what it was intended for.
0: Yeah, so it's like, oh, this is about glorification of the architect. This is not about Mm -hmm. having a place where you can find books. You know what a good architect can do? Both those
1: things, right? A good architect says... Yeah, because it's not one or the other.
0: Right, yeah. But a good architect knows, well, I'm making a library, so first and foremost, it should function as a library. People are going to want to know how to get from the first to the second floor. Yeah. You know, like people might want to find like the that. bathroom. Yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like it's almost impossible to find your way around in that, in that building. Mm. It actually makes me sick to go in it. It's too confusing. It's like being inside of a nightmare. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's really interesting. The confusion piece, man, like so much of this goes back to confusion. Yeah. Right. Like if somebody goes like, well, it's obvious you go through the secret entrance, you climb <laughs> a ladder, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, you push on a door, it it slides open and you're like, what are you stupid? And yeah. you're like, well, no, I just, how would I know? <laughs> how would I get up? Right. The, I didn't know I had to take a hot air balloon to the top floor. And then, you know, yeah. But all of a sudden people usually say like, well, you don't get it. And it's like, whose fault is that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> fault is that? Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Brian, this is a this is a weird episode and I who knows how long we're gonna be doing it this way over (laughs) video. Yeah. But for the folks out there that are just like been having a hard time. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Um, what is there any movies or something? Like if somebody's looking for something and they're and they're feeling I mean, who knows? Maybe they lost a loved one, maybe that like, is there anything that Going back to the healing piece, that stories out there that you think might be able to—I don't know—help uh, recommendations even.
0: Well, it's interesting. We did just as a as a company just watch *A mm-hmm. Wonderful Life*, which I think might be an interesting one. For Perfect time. You know? Yeah, uh, people think of it as a Christmas movie, but if they can take that out of their head, um, there's some amazing information in there about how to live.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you a for instance. I asked um, Kathy, who's one of my mentors. I was like, how are you dealing with the pandemic? And she goes, well, you know, every morning, and I'm waiting for her to say something like, you know, super like businessy because she's a, a business mentor. She goes, well, I wake up every morning and I sit down and I write what I'm grateful for. Mm. And I was like, what else? And she's like, well, kind of the rest is normal, but that's what I do every morning. And I was like, that's, Awesome. Yeah. In the midst of such a hard time, the way she starts her day is going with all the things that are happening. Right. Yeah. I still can find something to be grateful for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. And it was great because she stopped right there, and I was like, God, that's brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to think of like, like, it's wonderful life would be great. Maybe there's even things like writing, like, you know, it's like you said. You've said this a bunch of times in the past, like like that the dark is no more relevant than the light. Right. Right. You
0: know what I'm saying? Because people tell me, oh, you should see this. It's great. It's dark. And it's like, that's just a, I don't even know what you're saying. Right. That's a personal thing. You think that that makes it better than something that's light. And, um, and both things, something that's all light is just as much a lie as something that's all, you know, that's all dark. They're both lies. Right. Uh, this is a really, in fact, this time, what's interesting to me about this moment, is this is essentially a dark moment but what you see that's so amazing are the people in new york who cheer oh, yeah. right right you see people people are are um risking their lives to help other people people are like all these other things are also true right yeah um, so it's one of the things that bothers me when people criticize Schindler's List because they're like, well, it's a feel good movie. It's like, no, it's not a feel good movie. And again, if you think that's what it is, uh, get some therapy cause it's mm-hmm. pretty dark. But what it does say is that even in the worst times, you can still hold on to your humanity. You can still save your soul. You can still be a good person. You can still help even in the darkest times. Um, and when it's all over, you're going to wish that's what you had done.
1: Yep. Right. It's one of the things we talked about, right? Let's focus on being the people we want to, we want to be at the end of this. Yeah. Right. When we get through it, you don't want to look back and go, I was the person that was clearing out all the toilet papers so that no one else had any, or I, you know, I was the person that was grabbing the last, you know, whatever chicken. And so the elderly person standing, it's like, you know, yeah, you, you, you keep keeping all that in play because it matters. Yeah you know it's ET. Yeah. Right? Once you yeah. grow up and think about it someone else you know feels for change. Like like that's that's what that, that doctor was doing with the story of her daughter. Right? Think yeah. about it. Think about all the sacrifices are being made. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to have not been sick, right? right.
0: But I'll uh, walk around and pretend. There's so many stories about these pe- people who are going to work and people, you know, essential workers. There's so many stories about them. Um because we're focusing on the good. We're not actually focusing on the dark. The stories are not usually about how dark things are, right? Yeah. Um, it's about, um, and even the people sharing dark stories, the doctor you were talking about, she was even trying to help, even though she was telling a dark story, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of nurses doing the same thing. That's why, I because there's a lot of nurses on TV now too. Because they yeah. see so much of it, right? They deal with the patients in a different way than a doctor, right? Yeah. So I think that their job is inherently um, more often more emotional. Yeah. Right? Because you, they, yeah. they're the ones holding the hands usually of the people, I think. Because um, the doctor has very specific, right? Yeah. You know? Um, but yes. Um, but you see any of these caretakers, you see a lot of them. Um, sharing not to not to they want to scare you sometimes but to scare you into being safe right yeah right they're not trying it's so the difference between that and poison just wants to scare you
1: yeah right yep just mess with you they're trying to keep you off off of the out of the hospital right there's a difference right there's a huge difference right so i you know one thing with that too brian that i i I do appreciate that's happened in the midst of this is uh i love that we're starting to see people we haven't seen before right right like people that are finally getting some appreciation bus drivers people that are stocking the shelves right all these folks you know what i'm saying yeah it's like they're finally getting some acknowledgement right that their labor is not in vain and that we need you know truck
0: drivers and yeah you know um it's interesting because it's a it's a bottom up thing right it's the people who we think of as on the bottom they're the ones holding everything up
1: holding everything up they're the ones holding
0: everything up um yeah i was thinking that it would be interesting i
1: just hope we remember it well this was i hope i hope that two years from now if you're getting on a bus you go thank you right Right? you know what i'm saying well here's
0: what i here's what i was thinking it would be cool to do at first i thought it would be it would be cool if we did uh if we had a museum for because all the museums are about um, usually about um, famous people. History is about famous people, right? Yeah. The history is made by anonymous people, right? And it would be interesting if there was a museum dedicated to ordinary people who yep. did amazing things. Like yeah, it's awesome. This guy was a farmer and he did blah blah blah. She was a blah 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 and did this. Yep. Right. She was a doctor and blah blah blah. Right. Like whatever yep. it is, just like regular folks that would never be in the history books, I think it would be amazing because it's like, because what it says is, even you can be great, right? If one of the problems with making our heroes too heroic is that you can't reach those heights, right? So we have to say that uh, George Washington never told a lie. We have to say, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know what I mean? We don't talk about, like, we may say he had wooden teeth, you know, but, you know, he, used yeah. to, he had all kinds, he used to take uh, teeth out of slaves as false teeth, like rip them out of their head, have somebody do that. Um, that was one of the ways he had false teeth. But we don't talk about that, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right? You know?
1: Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that
0: crazy? Sometimes you would pay him a little something, like, here's a little something, I'm going to take one of your teeth. Um, you know? Yeah. you don't hear that right um you only hear that he the cherry tree thing which isn't true right (laughs) right um you know and so when we when we make our heroes too heroic we can't we can't live up to it yeah we're destined to fail but if if there's little chinks in the armor i think then we know we can also be great right and occasionally we talk about it occasionally we talk about a rosa parks or something right um and so we go hey a regular person did something although she wasn't exactly the regular person we hear about like she was an activist and she was you know like like, yeah. like you yeah, know she was it wasn't just yeah. a person who uh-huh. didn't give her seat up that was a you know uh that was calculated that was a plan yeah right? but but still, she was a regular person.
1: She wasn't a mm-hmm. elected.
0: She wasn't rich. She wasn't,
1: you know. And, and that you can do your part wherever you're at. Yep. There's always something you can do. And that might just mean you stay home. But it also could mean, you know, checking in on, on your elderly neighbors. Like, right. there's, there's something, right? Again, because of mere neurons and all these amazing clone characters we have out in the world, right, on the front lines doing all this stuff. You're also going like, well, I'm not a doctor, but what can I do to try to be a healer in my own way. And maybe that's just ordering food for somebody and just having it delivered to them, you know, or, or, you know, people are in a really hard spot right now financially. Maybe there's things we can do. Um, but I think just in general, I love the idea of that framework of, you know, it's a healing job and it's a job. Right. And it's like, great. That's cool. Because how do I not only apply that to stories, but how do I apply that to life?
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Well, stories and life are the same thing,
1: right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, you know, I mean, th- there's life in knowing stories, right? Like you can protect yourself and learn how to survive and help other people survive. But also you live stories every day, right? Yeah. So, the, the, <laughs> right? You, know, you know, and if you're paying attention, you collect stories every day, right? So if you're paying attention, you have the story about you at the checkout counter and the story about watching Contagion or whatever, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if you're paying attention, you have a story. You have a new story every day.
1: So here's, the, here's what we'll do then. We'll, we'll leave uh, the assignment. We never give assignment. What if the assignment is to collect as many stories as you can this next week, right? Try to be conscious of as you're out there, Yeah. right? You know, you're, you're already doing it subconsciously, Yeah. right? Um, but like try to be more conscious this week. Right. Look, look around, collect these stories. Right. Yeah. Um, And then also uh, another thing I would think about is uh, that healing piece, like your job, it's a healing job, right. As a storyteller, maybe this week start thinking about whatever story they're working on. Right. Or how, whatever capacity they have, how do I make this, how does this come from the position of healing? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that probably good. Be good. Yeah, I think that would be good. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, man. I miss seeing you. Yeah, I know. It's so weird One of these man. days.
0: It's so <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. I yeah, I miss seeing people. I miss seeing people. It's yeah. making me crazy. That's the hardest I, part. Yep. Yeah. For me, that's the hardest part. You know, um, and I think other people are finding that's the hardest part for them. That we're but social. you know,
1: everybody always has said, all the old timers always say, people are the most important thing. Yeah. Right? And then we get busy with our dumb shit or whatever, <laughs> right, our VR yeah. headsets or our car, whatever the thing, you know, work. And then we don't see people. You're like, oh, none of this shit matters. Right. I miss people's faces. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just a good reminder.
0: Yeah. So I, I hope we come out of this on the other side of it better. Right? Yeah. Um, appreciating people more, um, appreciating experiences more. Um, I mean, those things tend to fade. It always fades, you know, um, yeah. after time and things get normal again. Um, but I hope we take a take a piece of this with us into the future. Um, yep. And, you know, and like... Do we need to drive as much? Do we need to, like, look yeah. at the world is healing now. Like Animals are coming back. And, you know, you know somebody yeah. saw a Mammoth the other day. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Everything's like coming back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, uh, so maybe we'll figure that out too. Like, hey, we don't need to do this. We don't need to spend all yeah. that, you know. Yeah. I, you know, as people work from home, maybe they figure out they can work from home more. So we have fewer cars sure. on the road and, you yeah. know,
1: that could be nice. Well, the whole the whole thing is everything's invented, you know. Right. Like somebody invented the way we do things. Well, you can you can come up with a different way of doing it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, well, it was always done that way. No, it wasn't. Study history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm about to start. To, I'm about to start teaching. You know, the history of advertising, and it's just so funny because I I'm excited for people to start to go like, oh wait, you know the exact date when people started doing money back guarantees, and you knew the exact. It's like yeah people just made this stuff up. Like it's, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we can rethink how this stuff works. We're creative, you know, Yeah. Find yeah. new and better ways. But uh, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man. No, thank you.
0: Thanks for watching. You are a storyteller. If you have any questions or if there's a storytelling topic you'd like us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com.